maybe it's just a really astute camel. It doesn't prove shit. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Creative Potato Podcast brought to you by us over at A2ZHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. I only gamble with my life, Jack, never my money. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who looks to be on the wrong side of the river. It's Mark. Hey, guys. For those of you unfamiliar with our Crackerjack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. This week, we watched 1999's The Mummy, uh, which was a Mark pick, and we it will dive into pick. that. What? It was a Jake pick. Jake, which was a Jake pick. Mark can do the 30-second plot synopsis, so that's fine. I just no. assumed it was a Mark pick because it's from the 90s, and it's, mm. you know. I don't blame what? I mean, it's close. Well, either way, we'll dive into the movie real soon, and when we do, fair warning, we're going to spoil the nonsense out of it. Uh, and if you like the podcast and want to support what we do, you can head on over to patreon.com slash A to Z horror, A-T-O-Z horror, and there you'll find all the sweet benefits you get from being a patron and supporting the cast. Benefits that include voting on who wins beers for fears every week and what movie the loser has to watch as penance. Patrons are currently voting on who won for last week, and uh, it's not looking good for our friend Mark. Oh, As no. of right now, uh, 1% of precincts reporting. Actually, uh, let's say 25% of precincts reporting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but every week is a new opportunity to shine, so now we've got to do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do beers for fears. Hey, Jake. Hi, Jack. What are your beers for these fears? Kind of a hard movie to beer. A little bit, yeah. Uh, so I went with not a beer, because it's a very easy brown liquor movie. You Did you go for a <laughs> drink of bourbon, a shot of bourbon, and a... Something uh, else of bourbon? I went for none of that because it's only discussed. It's not actually featured in the film. Okay. So I have a little bottle of Glenlivet 12, Glenn which they Livet do drink 12. in they this drink film. In the very uh, beginning. And also, one of uh, one of the friends of the podcast, big fan of this movie, I also got this little bottle of this scotch from that friend. So it feels like this is for you. You know who you are. That's a that's a quite, quite a meshing there. I'm going to crack this open and pour it in and drink some scotch tonight. There you go. It is a Tuesday night. Hey, Mark. Yes? What are your beers for these fears? I am also not participating in beers for fears. I am instead getting boozy for this movie. Um, Bad. I like that. Boo. We got boozy for this movie. Glenn Livet 12. Glenn Livet yeah. 12 right there. I got a glass. <laughs> and then I also have a bottle of a bottle of bourbon in reserve that I'm going to do the glass and shot and chaser. Are you? Yep. You're going to get really boozy on a Tuesday. Yep. <clears throat> It's two for two times Tuesday, guys. I will also point out that I'm drinking Coors Light, and normally this is just like a stand-up side beer, but it kind of fits for this movie because fastball, baby. <laughs> this movie is a fastball. Yeah. Dead center. Jack, are well, you going look, to be imbibing beers? <laughs> I am imbibing beers. Yes, I did get beers for these fears. I also have some bourbon. <clears throat> Because he just literally picked it up from the table that he left it on after the last time we shot bourbon. <laughs> hey, that's it just on me for being smart, leaving bourbon around. <laughs> Planning I ahead. Bourbon, shots of bourbon, he, and more he bourbon. He leaves some bourbon Planning in every ahead. room just in case the occasion calls for it. I mean, I wish it's that were true, but... Yeah. <laughs> what? You wish it weren't true? People have talked to me about it, ah, so that was a joke. It didn't pan out. Anyway. <laughs> I wish it were true. So I have bourbon. I also have a couple of beers here. Two different beers. The first okay. is the Deschutes Summer Twilight Ale. Yeah. Twilight Summer Ale. I, should, I guess it's is more yeah. commonly known because, look, this is a – Jake, you, you picked a summer horror flick, some blockbuster fare, and this is a blockbuster beer. Twilight, And there's a lot of Twilights in the movie, too. There's a lot of sweeping – There is a lot of Twilights. Yes. Okay. There are Twilights. 
Yes. In many, the movie. Many Twilights. I think it's Twilight. Twilight. There you go. Yes. <laughs> um, so that's number one. Uh, number two is, given that this is a hard movie to be, I'm surprised more people didn't go this direction. I am drinking a Pyramid Outburst Imperial sure. IPA. Uh, this movie features pyramids and things that burst <laughs> forth from them. Yes. So it is. It's is kind of Egypt? perfect. Yes. yes. So in that way, it's not a hard movie to beer. Uh, it suppose. still would be for me because we haven't had pyramid beer here in Utah for a long fucking time. <laughs> I haven't seen pyramid in a while, but that's probably indicative of where I'm shopping for beer. I mean, I got it at the gas station, so exactly. <laughs> oh wow, shots too good for the pyramid. gas station. No, I was last at that gas station like two days ago. I just did not happen <laughs> to look for pyramid. It's an easy one to forget. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. In any case, I I would just say to the voting patrons, I'm the only one who actually did a beers for fears here. Just for the record. Um, I have hey, Mark. A, I have a PBR here, um, <laughs> which this is a real blue ribbon movie. You know, this movie God probably came in first place in a few, God damn it in a few of our listeners' minds. But drinking beers isn't the only thing we've done over the course of the last week. We've also experienced some other shit in the horror world. So, Jake, yes, what else over the last week or so has been rocking your horror world? Accepting. How hot it is in this room, because that's rocking my it's horror rocking world. It's rocking my too. horror world. It's so fucking hot in here. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm it feels so nice in my room over here. I got the air conditioning <laughs> blasting. It's a big room. Yeah. Jake, anything else about that? Jake's you giving you a look. You want to say anything else? I don't have pants on. I. That's just normal, though. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Okay, movie. Horror. Horror movies. Uh, <laughs> I have one to share with you all this week. I. This is one of those weeks where, the few weeks where I kind of regret that we no longer have the feature on the website cutting room because i don't i don't remember if mark's talked about this movie and seen it uh mark have you seen he's out there no but also you realize uh, that i still keep track of all of my movies in the in the documents yeah but that's not that doesn't help me you can it's searchable <laughs> is it though put it into the think about our folder structure yeah. i don't know where think i find that. it in the folder structure in the hierarchy it's still under cutting room it's just I don't know where Cutting Room is. I didn't know that was a folder we had. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Well, you've been out of Cutting Room for almost as long as the podcast has existed. (laughs) So, in any case, I watched He's Out There. It is available on Netflix. Uh, This is a slasher slash home invasion film starring Yvonne Strahovski. Oh, Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. I have seen this. I forgot what it was called. Damn Jesus it. Christ. That's what made me think of it. Good thing you document everything, Mark. Yeah, good thing. I mean, it's it's kind of a forgettable name. It is a very forgettable name. I seem to remember there being a discussion at some point, and I remember nothing about the movie except Jack said, Yvonne Strahovski, like that. Strahovski. So, uh, I thought you might have seen it. I I watched it. I thought this was more interesting and better than I expected. I was expecting very little, which always helps, but uh, interesting mask. Characters relatively unique, I suppose. Is I don't know doing, if it's like very well fleshed out. But. Is this doing anything to elevate itself beyond a generic slasher? Um, no. Not really. Not really. Okay. But that's okay sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, for sure. Um, I, I, think it, I think it blends home invasion and slasher pretty well. And I, I think there's something to be said about the villain in this movie. Yeah, okay. I, was like a new I, I haven't too. seen 10 million of him before, that's for sure. That's cool. So, that's I mean, that's really all I have to say about it, and it's also the only movie I have this week. And that's a Netflix joint, right? So easy to find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Download right it on your phone. Download Mia Hoagie off the internet. That, too. <laughs> oh, DeAndre, this is wacky. Hey, go download Mia Hoagie off the internet. Hey, Mark. Yes? What's been rocking your horror world? I have two things, one being a movie and one being a very special thing that comes around once a year. Christmas? Um, what? <laughs> you just scream into the microphone. 
Yes, he screamed Christmas in a very high-pitched voice. Oh, okay. Made, that I don't think was a bit. It made excitement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so the first one I watched was Bloodfest. Hellfest, excuse me. They, they all run together. <laughs> Hellfest. Firing on all cylinders. The Gerund of woman's it. name. Well, if you guys will remember, there was like two months in a row where Bloodfest came out and then Hellfest came out. Yes, I and do. It was right. Fest is in there too. There's a lot of fests. Panic a lot of Fest, blood. I think, might have also been one. I think there was I, a blood carnival. Panic Fest is an actual film festival. And then there's oh, that's true. God damn it. Okay. There's a lot of fests and blood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this was something that I, 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 you can rent it. I got it in Netflix in the mail. But this is the one that uh, stars Bex Taylor Klaus, who you will remember from like the Scream TV series. You'd recognize her. She's in stuff. Klaus. I don't think Jake would recognize her. Santa Claus? Yeah, she is Santa Claus. Um, this, I mean, they. I feel like it's hard to differentiate. I also still haven't seen Bloodfest, so I don't know what that one and this one are different in what ways. But, uh, <laughs> this is good analysis. <laughs> but this, <laughs> is, this is a one wherein a bunch of teens are in a theme park that is like geared towards scaring them and then one of the attractions is actually a serial killer so in that way it's it's much like funhouse massacre or any number of other uh of that ilk right I, it kind of it's it's a bit like a light-hearted hellhouse llc that's not found footage have you seen funhouse massacre yes it's amazing everyone should watch that movie that okay so that's better than this uh yes i think definitively so but i also really enjoyed this movie I I think this is uh, this type of like framing device is just generally fun because it kind of allows people to like a it suspends their awareness of the fact that they're in a horror movie for as long as possible so it becomes easier for them to construct kills that are like creative and take their time without being without the people being aware you know that that's always an issue right like if the people know that they're being hunted, then they start defending themselves. But if they're not defending themselves, then you have a lot more leeway with like what you can get away with as a killer. Took you a while to get there, but I finally understand what you mean. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, this one doesn't have a massive body count, but it is, I mean, you know, they are able to do the same thing that we liked in LLC in hell house, LLC that it's like, you can also rely on the stupid props of the stupid carnival rides for scares as well. Right. So you have like these kind of goofy intentional scares that the characters are in on mixed in with the weird shots of being like stalked by people. And it creates this nice, like scary dissonance thing that's going on. All right. So how, how is this available? I'm sure you can rent it. Like I said, I got it Netflix in the mail grandpa style. Um, I, I would recommend watching this one, but I think that I'd recommend Funhouse Massacre over it. So if you're if you're in the mood for one of these, and I mean, frankly, they're both incredibly fun movies, watch them in that order. I haven't seen Bloodfest, and I'm not really planning on seeing Bloodfest. So I don't know. Listener, if you've seen it and you're out there, let us know if I should see Bloodfest. Or right. maybe we'll throw that on the poll for the thing that I have to watch. <laughs> All right, so what's the event Fair. thing you're talking about? Uh, okay, so every year in June, there is the Electronics Entertainment Expo, E3 for short, uh, and it's basically where all the video game companies, or this year, slightly fewer of the video game companies, get together and talk about upcoming video games. And I went through and parsed out the list of stuff they were talking about, and I got a whole bunch of horror games to talk about. Oh, boy. Uh, I don't know how you want to do this. I think we did a little bit of a lightning round last year. Do we want to oh, do a lightning round? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it better be a real lightning round. Uh, I'll go fast. Okay, so ignore all the things I say then. <laughs> I'll go fast, Jack will go slow, and together we'll, we'll have uh, a... It's fine. Okay. We'll crank up the nine-minute version of uh, Thunderstruck for the bed. <laughs> It'll be okay. Jake, it's just a Thunderstruck sound alike. It's not even that. It's an original work. 
That's a lie, listener. <laughs> it's not. It's a lie. Okay. Okay, let's start off with Zombie Army Dead War 4, one of the worst names ever. This is the sequel to the Zombie Army trilogy that came out from the Sniper Elite series. Next up, you have Midnight Ghost Hunt. This is one you're that so, we Hold on, you said so many stupid words Why in a row. are you interjecting oh, the lightning god, round? Oh, god, okay. So yeah, we're you're really bad at these next. lightning rounds. Uh, next up is Midnight Ghost Hunt. This is one we should probably buy and play, where it's a cooperative thing, where like one team is the ghosts and one team is the Ghostbusters, and you have to hide in the props around a house, and then you can throw yourself as a chair or as a suit of armor or as a vase at at the Ghostbusters. And the that Ghostbusters, sounds fun, yeah, and I'm famously like good at making this happen. Okay. Is, yeah, Jack Jack is going to need to have a graphics card on, in his computer for this to work. Uh, I don't know, actually. It's very cartoony graphics. It kind of looks like a Scooby-Doo thing. It might it might work. It looks like it's. It, it would probably be easier to run than Dead by Daylight, which is the other game we were trying to play and never got to work. Well, we got it. Uh, Mo- next up is Mosaic. Mosaic reminded me a lot of Inside slash Limbo. It's not from the same people that I don't think, uh, but it's basically like... Uh, Those games are real good. Yeah, it, it just it looks like a game that's going to be depressing and about how society is disconnected and stuff, but also there's nightmares there. So, yep. Uh, Vamp- Vampire the Masquerade... Col- the- okay, hold on. Vampire the Masquerade, colon, Bloodlines 2. Uh, it's a lot of stupid names. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, this is actually a super old storied franchise that's like actually super beloved on the internet. People really like Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, and it's been this sequel's been a long time coming. Uh, this is basically like you're turned into a vampire, and it's a, like an RPG type mechanic. I don't know a lot about the original game, but I, people are super psyched about this happening. Okie day. Next one up is Man Eater. So this is a giant killer shark Man game. Eater Pro- on the floor. Watch out, boys. She'll chew you up. Um, this is you as a giant shark being hunted by a fisherman. It's probably not going to be much of a horror game, but it's it still has a bit of a Jaws vibe to it, so I threw it in. Um, you also have Remnant, colon, from the ashes. This is like a post-apocalyptic kind of metro-ish looking thing where the world has ended and you got to fight a bunch of monsters, and I guess you have to fight like death itself. or I don't know. It's one of those generic type things. Uh, nice. Undying was this like super cartoony, like if you just looked at the animation, you'd think it was like a lighthearted children's game. Um, But the premise is actually that you are someone's mother and you've been bit by a zombie and you have to teach him to survive before you die. Um, So looks, it's like a top down kind of isometric zombie shooter thing, but pretty heavy. Wow. Uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine. No idea if this is a horror game. They didn't really show much about it, but it does look like it might be a Rainbow Six zombie game. So I, uh, I was gonna ask. So okay, okay. Fine. That's the first one. This is the first words you've said that I understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Death Loop. Also, probably not a horror game, but it looks like Happy Death Day, but featuring two assassins trying to kill each other. Seems like that could be. I don't know. It had to, uh, kind of a dark trailer. Next up is Ghostwire Tokyo, which is from the people who did the Evil Within series slash Resident Evil remake, I think. Um, this is probably the most horror of the games that they came out, uh, except for the one that I'm going to save until I last. was going to say. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah basically everyone in, di- in Tokyo has this, like, disappearing act where they just evaporate out of their clothes. The few people that remain have to fight off these, like, crazy Japanese-looking monster things. It looks actually pretty awesome. Uh, you also have Carry On, which is from... Uh, the Devolver folks. They so in this game you play as the monster. This is you're basically like Super Meat Boy if Super Meat Boy just ran around murdering the fuck out of people. <laughs> Jack is literally having a seizure with he the amount no of things. He has no idea what, what anything is. You're saying you're saying this like these are things I should have heard of. What they, they probably are. You just don't play video games. 
Okay. Mark Mark didn't mention there's going to be a new Stardew Valley that's called the Halloween Spook Town Festival. Well, that I'm on board for. Pack. I understand those words. That's a joke. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, Abe is a VR game based on a uh, short film that's also a horror short. Have you guys seen Abe? I have not. You're talking about Odd World, Abe's Odyssey? No, not that one. Also a video okay. game, but not what I'm talking about. Yeah, no. You're talking about Hellboy? N- okay, no, neither of you have. So I Googled it. It is available. <laughs> I haven't pulled up. I just haven't watched. I didn't have time to watch it before we started recording. So this is like you're trapped in a house with a robot who's in love with you and trying to fix you. And also it's like a puzzle, get out of this house type looking game. It's VR. So, yep, you got that going. Moons of Madness is, uh, it seems kind of like a mixture between Dead Space and the Europa Report. A little bit is the vibe I got from it. So you're up in space, you're all alone, you might have like one other person, then you find some aliens or a cult or something, and shit hits the fan. Dying Light 2, still out there, still looks awesome, coming out in spring. And lastly, gentlemen, big announcement. This is the one I heard of. Yeah. Blair Witch The Game. What the fuck? (laughs) This is like one of the games that's the least conducive to being made into a video game I've ever heard of. Uh, well, and what's funny is now this is the second game. I'm sure you're aware of the shitty video game they made after the release of Blair Witch 2 based around yeah, the yeah. Uh, original serial killer guy, Rustin yes. Farr. Yeah. Yes, F- famously terrible game. Yeah, famously terrible game. Well, so now they have this new one. It's first person. You're in the woods looking for a lost kid. You have a dog, and you're surrounded by monsters, and you have to shine your flashlight on them. It looks very much like Alan Wake. Alan Wake was pretty good. Alan Wake was pretty good. Yeah. So, so to like understand anything about video games now, I have to have played video. I have to know every video game that came out for the last fifteen years. No, you just have to have been somewhere around video games in the last fifteen years. It stopped at N sixty four. Uh no, I played some GameCube. Okay, Pikmin doesn't count. Uh, I played Wind Waker too. Okay. That, that's what I'm saying, though, dude. That's like oh four, oh five. Yeah. Well, and again, oh. you don't you don't need to like know these games in order to understand them. That's just the easiest way for us to describe them because this was a very poorly executed lightning round. Mm. I think it was better than some. Oh, I'm better sure. Than most. Better than <laughs> most. Uh, outside of the world of horror video games, Jack, just to include you on in the conversation, there's a new uh, Breath of the Wild game. It's a sequel coming out. Well, I enjoy. I, hey, I played Breath of the Wild. There you go. See, a Brand year and a half game. after it came out. Oh, I forgot one of the most important ones. I must just. Where the heck? I guess I didn't write it down. Uh, Luigi's Mansion Three coming out. Yeah, I played Luigi's Mansion. There it is, Luigi's Mansion Three for Switch, which itself is a spiritual successor to Mario is Missing. Yeah, a trivia learning game for the Super Nintendo. It was terrible. Yeah. See, now who's saying words that I don't understand? These are now we're in my video game zone. 1996. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Your zone is one year. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, uh, Mark, I have a serious question, though. Okay. I didn't watch any of the trailers for the Blair Witch game or anything like that. Is there any chance this is going to be any good or anything? Yes. It'll probably be decent, not amazing. I was not heartened by the trailer. I, I don't know. It just did not excite me. But it's pretty. Pro- I agree. It seems like it'll be okay. Jake, are I you going to not- buy this game? No. Ah, fuck you. I, dude, I barely play video games anymore. I have two A plus triple A fastballs from Mark that I haven't fucking touched. I Red Dead Redemption is one of my favorite games of all time. I've played maybe twenty hours of RDR two, and I can't. I, I, I can't. I don't I know. I hear the horse testicles shrink in the cold. They do. 
I have not verified this. I have. <laughs> In any case. You, have, you got the ruler out, measured the pixels? <laughs> oh, you don't have to measure anything. It's very obvious <laughs> to the oh. naked eye. Okay. Mark, are you going to play this game? Uh, I might. It's going to come out on PC, so I'll probably pick it up in a number of years when it's like $5 on a sale. Yeah. Okay. Well, if we're still doing this then, tell us about it. Oh, we will be. We're going to hit episode 1000. Calling it now. I like it. Uh, So that was the E3 2019 roundup. I'm sure I missed some. If I did miss any like big ones, I'll probably bring it up in the future when I play those games. But right now, I think the only one that is a definite play for me is Dying Light 2. That game looks fucking awesome. And if sure. you guys want to get in on Midnight Ghost Hunt, then we could make that happen, too. That sounds fun. That does sound fun. Jackson, I need a graphics card. I have, I have a graphics card on this new, this is a new laptop since we tried Dead by Daylight. It's a laptop. I honestly thought you were going to be like, I do have a graphics card. I'm using it as a coaster. Uh, Don't put it past him. <laughs> Hey Jack! Hey Jack! You're the host. What the fuck? <laughs> what, do you, how many, what are you guys gonna learn? I can't just throw it to my fucking self all the fucking time. You We're can. trying to oh. teach you. We're trying to teach you, Jack. I, but I shouldn't. It's bad. The funny thing is, is he's gotten worse at it over time. <laughs> no, I've just stopped. We're really I've bad stopped teachers. doing it. You guys do it. It's, it's fine. Uh, hey Jack, what? Christ. Jack. I watched two movies. Cool. Yeah. Uh, one I teased. Hey, last that's week. twice as many as you promised. So I'm proud of you, bud. I know. One I teased last week as a Hulu joint. I don't know if it's like a Hulu production, but the only place I've seen it on Hulu. It's free on Hulu. Oh, this is about to get juicy. Uh, this is a movie called Broken Star. No, nothing about it. It Which stars. I, uh, by the way, listener, off air. I guess this apropos of nothing, out of just no clues. Well, yes, I thought so. It was I was staggered, but apparently I picked this as a top one like a year ago <laughs> <laughs> for HRR. Yes. Oh shit! Really? Apparently, I had no idea. It just showed up in my Hulu feed. I'm I think over time we pick enough top ones that eventually Jack, like by the law of large numbers, will watch one of his. And it's hilarious because I feel like he actively avoids the ones that he picks as his top ones. That's because <laughs> the ones he picks as his top ones are usually bad. Well, this isn't too much of an exception. So. <laughs> okay, there you go. This is a no. I mean, look, this isn't a bad movie. This is a flick that's a really, really small cast. I mean, I think there's ten total actors in this thing, but for the most part, it's uh, uh, uh just two actors um, who are alone in a house together throughout the vast majority of this film. It's about a woman who's like a an actor of some fame, some level of fame, who for incomprehensible reasons goes some kind of court trial, some kind of trial, and is is sentenced to, or has to do probation in a house that she doesn't live in, so they have to rent her a shitty duplex in L.A., and her landlord is Tyler Labine, and he's a weirdo, and weird shit starts to go on. Like a slumlord Uh, type weirdo, or? Not slumlord at all, no, he's just kind of odd and bizarre. Um, and this is a more psychological thriller than it is a horror movie, but it does have horror aspects. This movie you're watching for their interaction and for the character studies both the actors are doing, Tyler Rabin and the woman whose name I do not know. Um, But they both do a very good job, her being this kind of like vapid, self-obsessed actress who's uh, trying to deal with this like court stuff and figure her shit out and Tyler Rabin being this fucking weirdo who's got more depth in than you think. Their interactions are good. The story is complete horseshit and nothing. And uh, the movie starts with like just four straight minutes of the actress's personal assistant being like, hey, remember how you did bad stuff and you were famous and you got sentenced to live in this house for 30 days by yourself and the landlord's a weirdo and, uh, okay, I'm leaving now. Bye, that's the plot. 
<laughs> it's uh, so the the plot and exposition are fucking horse shit, but the character studies are pretty good. I can't say I'd recommend it, but it's it's worth throwing on and it's free on Hulu and it's like ninety minutes long, so that's all good stuff. It was interesting. What interested you most about it, Tyler Labine? That okay, that's fair. Yeah, I watch that guy do anything, and he this is this is a different character for him. Like this, there's not a hint of comedy in this character, uh, but he does a very good job with it. Okay. Yeah, so that's... I'm probably not going to see it. Yeah, I can't recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it kind of gave me a, um, a heartthrob a little bit vibe with like a, a hint of starry eyes in there. You see how you're describing movies that we have seen in order to, as a shorthand, describe what this movie feels like? That's what we were talking about earlier with the video games. Oh, it makes sense now. Yeah. Yep. See? <laughs> and the other movie I watched was The Nun. Um, this is a movie I had to pay penance for having lost beers for fears by choosing Pacific Wonderland for the Lost Boys, I think. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Um, I have a question. Is that poll officially closed? Yes, it has to be because I've watched the movie. So <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. We could, I think it could still swing. It's not closed. I think three of our four patrons voted on it, so it's closed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In any case, I watched The Nun. Uh, this is, for anybody who wants to watch it, available on HBO, uh, if you have it, HBO Now or HBO Go or just HBO, if you have it. It's a bad movie. Mark, you've seen this movie. I have. It's a bad movie. This is far and away the worst movie in this whole universe. It's terrible. But <laughs> You said that weird. By the uni- You mean the cinematic universe of The Conjuring. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> Not yeah. like literally the universe that we No, made. no, it's competently made. It's just shitty. It's so heavy, heavily reliant on like jump scares, and it's not even like well constructed jump scares. I'm I, I'm a fan of jump scares. I've defended them in the past. Yeah, the reason, yeah, me too. The reason these don't work is because they're telegraphed from ten miles away. You know exactly what's going to come. So when it does jump out at you, you like there isn't even like the normal physiological response of a twitch. You're just like, yeah, I know. You told me it was going to happen. There was a stinger. And it also has this weird dichotomy of wanting the gravitas of a period Ooh. piece, Ooh. right? And But then also wanting some modern, like, jokes or modern sensibilities to come through in it. And it doesn't work well together. And it sucks. <laughs> Overall, yeah, it is kind of interesting how phenomenally poor this movie came out to be. Like, this is this is a tribute to something that can be extremely well-made but also just not executed well at all. Just just phoned in, just total cash grab. Yeah, so it's executed fine. Like, to be clear, none of it looks bad. Right, yeah, I mean, I guess I meant execution from, like, a storytelling standpoint. Yes, yeah. Everything about this movie shit. functions well. It, it's, you know, it, it's shot with high-tech cameras. The effects look pretty good in most places. <laughs> high-tech cameras. The acting is, I mean, you know, they got a good enough cast for it. The makeup's good, props, set design, all that stuff. Everything looks fine. But it's, it's just it's, like they don't know how to tell the story. It's got no heart. There you go. That's what yeah, it, it is. Sucks. They needed Gene Hackman on set. They sure did. Uh, it does not inspire confidence for the new Annabelle movie. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Or, frankly, The Curse of La Llorona, because apparently they got the the director of that movie to do a lot of reshoots for this movie, what's, which under, underwent extensive reshoots. So What's the actress's uh, name in La Llorona? I don't know. Sharona? My Sharona? <laughs> La Yarona. Mm. Whatever her name is, I find her very attractive, so I'd probably watch it just for that. Well, yeah. 
Fair. Are you talking about the ghost or are you talking about like the mom? Definitely the ghost, dude. Linda Cardellini. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's very attractive. Agreed. In any case, I can't recommend the nun, but I can recommend going to the feature presentation. Second. Thank you. Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched 1999's The Mummy, uh, which was a Jake pick. Thanks for getting it right this time, bud. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. you pick a movie from the 90s, you run that risk. It's fair. At this point, that's very fair. So, yeah. <laughs> Jake, why'd you pick this flick? Do I need to have an explanation? Yes. I mean, throw throw the listener a word or two. Have they seen this movie? I'm assuming yes. I don't know. I'm assuming yes. If you haven't seen this movie, I guess it's, well, who cares? At least spoilers. two of our listeners were born before this movie came out, so, or after. Shit, is that real? Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, 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 God. Yeah, Jake, this movie came out like 20 years ago. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I think this movie that can makes that makes some this movie can drink. That makes some sense, actually. Um, well, because this movie is a great summer blockbuster dealing with a horror classic character, and it kind of fit what we were talking about with like reimaginings. Yeah. So I I picked it for that reason, but also because I've been waiting for an excuse to pick this movie for some time. Fuck some yeah. time. Look, I'm gonna skip by right by this next segment. We've all seen this before. Uh, I never saw it in theaters. But I have oh, God, seen it no. a number of times. Yeah, I may have seen it in theaters. I, I feel can't like my, I feel like it would be weird if like I had seen this in theaters in 1999. That's a very sexy lady at the beginning of this movie. It starts off with a very sexy lady. Right. I don't think I would have even gotten it. <laughs> you know, I feel like you would have gotten it. Even like, why is my dick hard? I wouldn't. I wouldn't have got. <laughs> even if I wouldn't have gotten it, it would have been clear to me that this isn't something I'm supposed to be watching with my parents. Yeah, well, her outfit's just bonkers. We'll it's get to insane. That. Yeah. You know. In well, any she's, case, Jake, she's you not allowed p- to be touched by any other man, so she can, you know. She can't have an itch that she has to scratch either. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, you picked this movie. Yeah. And you know what that means. You're going to have to give us mm-hmm. a 30 second plot synopsis. 30 seconds are on the goddamn clock. It's going to start when you start. Pharaoh's high priest and priestess back in the day were having a love affair, so they decide to kill him. She kills herself, and then he goes to resurrect her, thinking, I don't know what they're going to do afterwards. Maybe they're going to elope. I I don't know. Anyway, he gets caught, put through, like, the worst torturing thing ever, and condemned to death. If he comes back, though, he's going to be immortal. Fast forward to the 20s. You have two teams of excavationists looking for treasure. They unearth him, and the guys that have the corpse jars of her organs uh, end up getting sucked dry. He is now immortal. So Brendan Fraser and team have to kill him, but it's time. Fuck, it's a hard thing to get through. So convoluted. (laughs) I'm not gonna bother finishing up because I kind of rushed it, and then I kind of did finish up. Yeah, look, it's hard to kill him, but they do. Yeah. (laughs) He's a real hard out, but then they there's a there. Yeah, there's a book of the dead, and there's a book of the life. Of the sun and life and happiness. And Both use the same it. key. More on that later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot with a lot of that stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Jake. Jack. Oh, what subgenres of horror does this movie fit into? Monster. Yeah. <laughs> Less so than a lot of monster movies. He's human throughout a lot of it. He doesn't have, like, a definitive like monster he's form. Human in shape-ish. He doesn't have a definitive monster sure form. Sure, he does. He's he's sometimes he's a sandstorm. Yeah, he's a sandstorm in shape ish. Sometimes he, he's like always. He's in various states. He's a mummy. Of, the iconic, the iconic image from this is his like gooey corpse his, mummy with the jaw thing. Like halfway on. through Riquet. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, that's a. He's a monster. He's walking around like that. Yeah, I would also throw the the scarabs kind of count 
as like just the wave of scarabs itself is a bit of a monster. Disagree. Okay. Cool. Good talk. Like I I don't I don't see that as that that's a thing that's used in the movie a few times, but I I don't know that it rises to the level of a, like a, a monster to be featured in a monster movie. It's uh true. I guess it would be reminiscent of something like Critters, right? Big ass Pro- ball of critters. Yeah, it's it's on that scale anyway. Yeah, I see where you're coming. It's from. It's a mummy movie. Supernatural. I mean, yeah. What is a mummy movie? It's a supernatural monster. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, can we say foreign? We cannot. Can we? It's set in a foreign land. Oh, it was filmed God. in the Sahara. See, oh, foreign God. and in L.A. and Vancouver. It's foreign, Vancouver, very foreign. <laughs> very foreign. <laughs> uh, comedy. Yeah, it's a comedy. Okay, which is gonna come up later. Uh, action. Is do we have action horror? If on we there? don't, we need to because some of my favorite horror movies are action. We should. This is more action than horror, to be clear. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's mostly action. We should have action on the list already, but if not, it needs to be on the list because there are plenty of great horror movies that are horror action. Action yeah, horror. I'll buy that. Okay, it is now on the list. Was it not? It was not. What? We've seen Maximum Overdrive. Uh, uh, you guys talked about that without up. me, so that you guys fucked up then. Mark fucked up. He didn't fact toad correctly. <laughs> that's also correct. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you. It's not. That's. I think we were saying that uh, it's not a subgenre, therefore it does not fit into the list of subgenres. It is itself just as genre. Oh well, now it does. We got real. <laughs> okay. We got real loose. We've got always been real loose. <laughs> We've started using letters. All right, boys, we're all itching for it. What does oh, this movie do right? Uh, zombie. It's also a zombie movie. Yeah, it is a zombie movie. It's a good call. That's why. why that's why Jake are likes zombies. It so much. No, but because there's an army of undead that are moving slowly and plodding towards Brendan Fraser as he cuts they're them mummies. apart effortless, effortlessly. They're, they're mummies. They're distinctively they're not. Zombies. They're not mummies. They're, they, they have they're not been mummified. They're definitely mummies. There's a scene in the movie where she says, "This isn't what mummies look like." That's fine. They're mummies. <laughs> they're mummies, man. <laughs> They were mummified. Either way, this fits into a zombie they movie. They might not Mark have tried a good, good to mummy them, but they mummied indeed. No, they zombied them. But they... Zo- whatever. If they're alive, they're zombies. A living mummy is a zombie. It's still a dead guy. That's part of Mark's point. What, what point do you they think you're making? They mentioned in the movie that he's the undead. What, what point do you think you're making? I don't know. <laughs> he's saying it's because I'm a zombie guy. I'm all rattled. I didn't say that, but he said you're that. apparently very defensive about I'm it. I'm rattled. Mark, did you say it? <laughs> I did say that, but I do like how defensive Jake is about his very clear uh, distinction toward being the zombie guy. I he don't appreciate this. I don't like being pigeonholed in such a fashion. <laughs> Yeah, Jake you're not was being pigeonholed. It's just a trait of your character that you no, like zombie movies. I don't like them, though. <laughs> I thought about making a whole shoehorn joke, but given today's conversation that we I had I don't earlier... want to talk about shoehorns anymore <laughs> today, okay? No more. Jake, what does the movie do right? Oh, my God. It's just fucking... Ah! I, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I think you would have had something it's so prepared. I know. any place. Literally Well, I wasn't place. prepared for Jack to, like, get here so quickly. This movie is extremely memorable. I didn't even forget a segment this week, which is rare. We are that's 39 pro- minutes into a recording. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, that's what threw me. The fact that Jack didn't somehow stumble into it. This movie is very memorable. Can I get on with the thing? The yes, segment? please do. You're making it difficult. The movie is very memorable, and I think what I'm going to circle in on here is that it does a specific thing where Mark's just losing it. I'm just going to well, continue Well, this along. was crazy. Mark- He's lost his mind over there. This was Babytown Frolics. (laughs) Yeah, Mark. Thanks. 
Now my stride's broken again. I'm going to have to restart the whole thing. It's a memorable movie, and what I'm going to circle in on is that it chooses to paint a specific picture, which is more of like the swashbuckling adventure. And I think that is a really good choice and a good backdrop for this as its own thing and its own reimagining of the mummy as a character and as a story. Yeah, because, frankly, every mummy movie that came out up to this point is boring. And every mummy movie that came out after this point as well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, not the the Tom Cruise one is kind of just a Mission Impossible movie. It stinks, but it's not boring. It is pretty boring. Did you uh, ever see it? Was that an I airplane d- watch for you? It was an airplane watch. But, okay. I mean, even when it was boring, they threw a sexy lady mummy at me. Yeah, I mean, that was like the whole shtick of that movie was like, we don't actually have to have substance. We have a sexy lady mummy. Yeah, and yeah. frankly, a sexy man mummy, too. Uh, Yeah, good point. Good point. That movie was very boring, though. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay, well, so every other Mummy movie ever was boring, and this one chose to not do that. This damn sure ain't boring. No, fuck, no, it's not. <laughs> it's a lot of things, but it ain't boring. Exactly. I agree with that. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they pulled an indie, right? They they, they modeled yes, this, this after Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones and movie. it's fantastic. Yeah. Yes, correct. And I really appreciate what they did there. And they cast the perfect lead for it. Brendan Fraser rules. <laughs> And fits this He's movie's so good. ethos How perfectly. How is he not in more things? I don't know, because that dude rocks. God. Uh, there was actually, and I have not read it, so grain of salt, but there was a recent piece that came out in like People or something that detailed his life in the last uh, like 10 or 15 years. He, uh, he kind of just stepped away for a little bit, but also he's he's been through some shit, so uh, that's where he's been. That's why oh. he's not in more things. That sucks. Yeah. yeah. Loved him in Encino, man. He's great in everything, man. Yeah, I loved him this. in Scrubs. He's the best part of Scrubs. Oh, come on. Scrubs was a good television show. Mark, in his character arc, there was a doctor that inserted a needle into a woman's arm while falling over drunk, and he was the hero of the next five seasons. Yeah, it's Sounds a great awesome. show. <laughs> okay, cool. I love it. You have told me before that you like Scrubs. I like I like Scrubs in spite of thinking it's a terrible show. I, it's bad. It's a great show. Shut up. I like the parts. Uh, never mind. It doesn't, doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I like the parts, too. I, I, I like the parts with Tom Cavanaugh. I like Tom Cavanaugh in it. Okay. There you go. Let's talk about the Scarab Beetles. I like the Scarab Beetles. They're creepy. They are, and the effects on them held up way better than I was expecting. Well, also way better than literally any other effect in this movie, so it stands out. Not literally any other. Correct. Okay. Yes, there is some practical. There's than yeah, any there's other some... than any other CG in the movie. Yes, absolutely. Yes, but this is a this is a very effects heavy and effects driven movie. Oh, but also, my lord, they yes. did a shitload to make the effects work in this movie. They filmed on location in the Sahara, which contributes a lot to it. That's huge. Right. There's a lot of scenes where a lot of people in the background are actually on fire with that whole ship burning scene. Yeah, the fire looks good. The fu- well, yes, that's fire. Yeah, that, that ship's on fire. Yeah, and that, that took a lot of work and was uh-huh. really cool. This I think might be the-, the first fire we've talked about on this podcast, Jack, where you were actually convinced that it was real fire. <laughs> Uh, no, there are a couple parts of it that are clearly fake and look Jesus. bad. The parts that go like under the the awnings or whatever looks terrible, but but the people catching on fire, I'm saying, looks great. Um, oh my god! There also, I think the the actual zombie mummies, the ones that chase them around, the ones there are a lot of. There are points you where can they just get say to, zombies. 
Yeah. There, I will just say zombies. There, there's a point where they get to a kind of almost Jason and the Argonauts vibe to it of that kind of stop motiony thing. But either yeah. way, I still think they look good. They aren't. They they're not. They're they're not Harryhausen though. No, they're not. Yeah. And then I, and then yeah. Imhotep looks good until he gets to a certain point of being put back together. Like he looks good, but once he gets mostly the actor's face, then the CGI becomes very clear. There is one scene in particular where he moves, the actor moves his head and then stops. And then the CG keeps moving. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. problematic. Yep. And like the, the scene where his jaw extends way below, I think looks really bad in retrospect. And the scene where he dies and bubbles back into the, the goo looks absolutely terrible, but uh, we're, are, getting, I, we're getting ahead of ourselves here a little yeah, bit. I don't know so why I, we chose to go into that. But I okay. just, yeah, <laughs> lightning round of all the CG effects. Yeah. Um, the Scarab Beetles are one of the best parts of this movie purely because that whole concept of like the creepy crawlies that literally get under your skin and then can crawl up directly to your brain and you can like see it happening, but you can't do anything about it. That's a massive like fear touchstone. Oh, absolutely. Sure. And yeah. we, we still, I mean, I think the three of us for sure, but I think the culture writ large still references the scarabs in this scene as the easy reference point for that happening in every other piece of fiction. Right. Yeah. I would say it's not really, so I, I don't know if I've done that because it's a pretty rare thing. We've definitely sure. talked about like the bugs crawling under the skin, like a la the mummy. Oh, that's true. Okay. Like, uh, I think black mountainside had some of that. Black Mountainside had some of that. Even like the ruins with some of the vines going through oh, yeah. have some, some of that going on. I think on. the X-Files movie had some of that. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. That's around the same there, time. Though. There are many. And yeah, I'm not going to say anything else. Yes. You just said more. Well, yeah, I know. I almost got into a spoiler. You I promised something and then. Yep. I okay. took it away. I give it and I take it. Have we talked about the humor yet? I think that's one of the reasons why this movie separates oh. itself so well from. Well. Yeah. Yes, I mean, but we need to be careful about what you mean by humor because I we don't have to be careful. One aspect of the movie's attempted humor is squarely in what it does wrong for me. Okay, get one that get that one out of the way right now. Why it's what the movie does right? Because we can just get it out of the way, and That's, I don't want to embarrass myself. Well, I, so I'm just talking about the vi- this movie is really cheesy, and it oh it, yeah, it sucks a lot of the time. Like for a movie that is actually funny, a lot and has a lot of good humor scenes, there's some really shitty, bad, lazy slapstick and one-liners and just terrible shit thrown in here. But you also have stuff like the ladder sequence at the beginning when she's just, like, on the ladder doing some, like, stilt work and then falls over and then falls into the library and it, like, keeps doing the domino effect. That's just kind of precisely the kind of cheesy shit yeah i was, I was talking saying about that's that like I the best like example of, of what he said cheesy, he doesn't like yeah i fucking love that shit i don't give oh, a sh- i don't care i i don't <laughs> dislike it it just doesn't fit with the tone of the rest of the movie and i, I don't know about that i think there's enough of it to where oh, it for is sure. just part yeah. of the tone yes i wish it wasn't let me put well, it that way and a lot ah. of it is around evelyn uh and like i feel like that's well, just sort of part of well, her character she's also the one yes. who delivers the what's a What's well, a place like me doing in a girl like this line, which I also really like, but I feel like mm-hmm. you probably think that's cheesy. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought that was cheesy too. There and also, go. like, Brendan Fraser is a character who sometimes has really cool lines and sometimes screams, You're on the wrong side of the well, room. No, 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 I, I like that, also though. had that written down. No, I like my that. favorite parts. I, no, I'm going to defend <laughs> that one tooth and nail. I like Brendan Fraser's character so much in this movie because he's badass and he's still kind of a bumbling oak. Yes, yes, like, he is. It is a great. But it's. It, 
perfect for him as a human being, and it's a great character because he gets assistance where needed, and then he's also a hero. I agree with that, but I don't like the parts of making him bumbling that make it very, very cheesy. I like the parts where he's like, just hey, kind of you're on the wrong side of the river. You don't like that? I, I feel like, like the that. humor no. of this movie is cheese, though. That's like, come the... on. <laughs> Wait here. I'll go get help. That part I liked. That's basically the same thing. No, no, no. <laughs> what we're finding out is that everything Jack likes, I don't like, and everything I <laughs> like, Jack doesn't like. I don't think we're just finding that out for the record. That's uh, more evidence to throw in the pile. Sure, yeah, yeah. Cool. But I agree completely. The The jokes and the humor in this movie are one of the reasons it is a rewatchable film, and it's why we've all seen it probably more than we should. Uh, but yeah, it is so fucking funny and so quotable. Like, get your ugly face off of her. <laughs> what a stupid line. Exactly. That's so good. But it's what you that want. One, that's the line of cheese I want. To be, beyond that, that's my, that's you my, all of it. That's my bellwether for cheesiness. This is a very confusing scale. I need some national cheese units from you, Jack. I need that to be defined. Yeah, I'll start working on that. And, like, so, on the good side of things are where he slices up a bunch of the zombies and then looks at her and kind of shrugs and goes, mummies. (laughs) That I like. I mean, (laughs) yeah, that's good, too. They're all good. What are your takes on the ones that are, like, very directly ripped from the Indiana Jones movies where it's, like, something with a sword going nuts and then just gets shot? That's a pretty good homage because it's not such a direct reference. Like, it's pretty good. Yeah, I like that a lot, too. And then they call it back later when, like, the mummies are a lot bigger and more aggressive, and then they growl at him, and he's just like, nope. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We could talk about what it does right for, like, fucking ever, but is there anything more you want to pinpoint <laughs> about what it does right? Oh, my God. This a ton of fun, but for the reasons we've already talked We've already about. mentioned. Yeah, it's it's kind of just keep lobbing those onto the pile. Those, yeah. are, those are the reasons, yes. I, I, do, I love Benny as a character. He's, he's such a piece of shit. He is such a piece of shit, but he's, like, so... He's so important to this movie. He's yes. like a shitty person, but a great character. Yeah, he's so eminently detestable that he's fantastic. He is one of the biggest pieces of shit I've ever seen in any movie ever. Yes. But it's and like he just he's keeps not, coming back. He's not detestable in an evil way. He's detestable in a way that is simultaneously funny and pitiful. Yes. I mean, he's a good character. I totally agree with you, and this belongs in what it does right. I was not going to put it here. I hadn't really... The thought hadn't crossed my mind, but now that you mention it, it's totally accurate. Yeah. That guy is such a fucking asshole. <laughs> he's, he's, the ki- oh, he's the little piece of shit on the playground <laughs> that you just want to go and... Ask him what girl is... Yeah. <laughs> Were you a Benny, Jack? No, fuck you sure? no. You weren't wearing a necklace of every religion just in case it was needed? <laughs> I should have been. Fuck. Um, I did talk about this earlier, but I do want to revisit the fact that they actually shot like in the Sahara when it was... It, really comes through in this movie and i you think did it mention really it. fucking matters but there are so many scenes that are just beautiful fucking sunsets with the characters actually there and i was reading about how hard it was for them to actually film in the sahara and how grueling it was and miserable and that really works for the movie that's a lot of work that's worth it i think. I, I don't know why i hadn't thought of this but something that i i don't know something about what you just said in spite of what you just said made me think of it it made sense, the, Jack. Don't the fact, yeah, the <laughs> fact that this movie is set in Egypt and you get like the archaeological side of it 
Kind of. To- tomb raiding. I mean, kind of. But the fact that there's any of that is a big plus for me. Like, I really liked ancient Egypt and people, like, going into tombs and stuff as a kid. That was just interesting. Yeah, totally. And so this came out at a, at a good time yeah, for that. It worked well when I was 10. It's questionable sure. now. <laughs> well, I, think, I, I mean, think the whole, like, concept of Egyptology peaked when we were about 10. Agreed. For everyone, not just the, us. There were a series of young adult novels about, like, the rebirth of the Egyptian gods and artifacts and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I remember there was a, uh, like... NBC News or maybe like 60 Minutes thing about like a room that they had discovered at the end of a hallway in Egypt and they sent a robot in to open it and they opened the door and there was just like six inches and then another door but they didn't like plan on that so the robot ran out of cord so they're just like oh it's another chamber <laughs> it's, and this was like an hour and a half long like I think I remember this yeah I definitely remember this and now it's on my list of favorite things like when Geraldo opened Al Capone's vault and they built it up for like weeks and then they built it up for an hour long special and then he opened it there's just nothing fucking in it. It's just dust, yeah. <laughs> That's oh my god. That reminds me of like that Canadian did you guys hear about that Canadian the safe in Canada recently? <laughs> yes. And it was like, oh, it's been eluding people and no one's been able to crack the code and some tourist came and like first try just nailed it. And there was nothing <laughs> in the safe. Can't you like rattle a safe around to see see if there's anything like heavy and like I feel like you could tell if there was a gold bar in there. Well, there's it's like built-in safe. It's a safe that's like the size of a car. But also, I'm like, why didn't they get a there, forklift? Cut that shit open, like, couldn't you? I mean, there there are safes that are set to like incinerate everything inside of them if there's too much rattling of the outside. But of this it. is old. This is a Canada, and B, it's from a long time ago. Yeah, but it, you were just saying, couldn't you? I was saying probably you could. Uh, whatever, this is aside the point. Egyptology did peak. Yes, it's aside we the point. We were 10. <laughs> it, it, is, is, it is one side of the point. <laughs> it is a side of said point, yes. Jack. Uh, I have an actual question on that, though. Where you... was her brother supposed to be when he popped out of the tomb early on in the movie? Is Was there a tomb below the library in which she worked? No, I think it's a staging area for some of the artifacts. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. they're They're more comfortable when they're underground, you know. Yeah, yeah. Take yeah it's just everything's down. old, so everything has that underground piece. Let's move to what the movie does middle. I had the CG here, and we already kind of talked about it at length from Jack's lists earlier, but like, I think for a movie that came out at what is essentially the height of fuck practical, we can do this all with computers, uh, this actually stands up pretty well to the test of time. It does, and it's a really in, in a really interesting way too, because it's kind of to the point where the good stuff in this movie I'd put up against anything that's coming out presently, but the bad shit is like comically bad. It's not like everything yes. in this movie fits into the middle. It's just there's some really fantastic shit in here, and then like the ghost chariot at the end of the movie looks like I could presently do that in After Effects. I'm, I'm okay better. with that, but like the intro scene where it's panning across. Uh, oh, so. Bad. I thought it was totally fine. I think it looks okay. It looks like a video game intro from like a PS2 game. And it looks like a cutscene from a PS2 game. It's also narrated like a cutscene from a PS2 game. Oh, I have more to talk about on the narration. But again, this is also not... This is is my rule that I have where if you're going to use shitty CG... Don't put shitty CG next to like live effects. Like, it, do the whole scene as shitty CG, and it looks fine. Throw somebody else in there in front of the green screen, and it looks terrible. I think this is him. He plays a lot of video games. I think that's why. That might. Be we sense. were both like, "This looks like a video game," and he was like, "This looks fine because I could be playing a video game right now." Makes sense. I think you that's what's happening. It. You cracked the code. I crack a lot of codes, Mark. Like safes. Hey, while we're talking about the narration. 
Uh, I had just kind of a general bullet point of the overall melodrama of this. I feel like the mummy in general, like the concept of a mummy movie, has to be bathed in melodrama. But like they really play it up in a way that I feel like harkens back to the original. It's still melodramatic, but it, you know it, it's part of it's part of the overall ambiance. So there are things that like the narration itself takes you out because it is pretty bad and cheesy but it's also there to sort of establish kind of the timbre and texture of the movie you're about to watch mark i'm gonna say something here i wasn't expecting to say about what you just said okay that was surprisingly well put wow (laughs) um yeah i feel like once per episode i say something that is surprisingly well put I, and it to, surprises to clear, you guys every time. I think the way you said it was hot garbage. Uh, <laughs> but I was trying to come up with a way to express this idea of the movie has a tonal problem, right? The movie that is sometimes very funny and sometimes very dark and sometimes just raw narration and sometimes slapstick humor suffers from that lack of consistency. And the reason why is what you just described. Yeah, I did yeah. something. <laughs> I'm willing to accept this. I, I so. think it's basically like it, it's the combination of two worlds where they're trying to evoke the classical mummy movies and they're trying to inject Brendan Fraser charm slapstick humor. And those two things mesh well together enough on, on average, but uh, individual circumstances, individual scenes, they, they rub poorly against each other. Agreed. There you go. That's middle. Yeah, let's move to what the movie does. Yeah, there's there's a little more here. All right, Jake, dive in. Jack, talk to me about the exposition in this film. Oh, yeah, exposition. Astonishingly poor. Yeah, you being the exposition guy, I wanted to just serve up this volleyball for you to spike. As bad as it can possibly get, and it runs the full gambit, Jake. Yes, gambit. Of bad exposition. The only thing it's missing is a news story that happens to be on in the background and is describing things to you. But this starts. Well, I think in this case, it would have to be like a newspaper. That then spins yes. out of the frame. Yeah, this starts <laughs> This starts with just terrible narration of <coughs> Imhotep loved his wife, but couldn't... Uh, but, uh, just terrible. Narrator aside, though. Even without the narrator. Well, moves mostly the, without the narrator. Then okay. it moves to the actual yes. content of the story, yes. and it yes. just has... Let's introduce you to a character, give you some slapstick humor, and then throw her brother in to tell you exactly what she's about and what she needs to do. Yes. Then let's have her tell Brendan Fraser exactly what he needs to do. Yes. And then when he comes back into the scene, he'll tell them exactly why. I agree it's surprising you're meeting me here, but now we can all go to the place together and hopefully get there before my other American cohorts. This movie kind of does a game of exposition telephone, (laughs) and it is infuriating. (laughs) It's there is so, so much repetitive narration happening. <laughs> For a movie that needs almost no narration. Yeah. I don't give a shit about what's happening, and very little is actually happening. Yeah. Alternate reality, they they reshoot this movie with a script that's like, so you're going to Egypt, huh? Yep. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, you're going to find some stuff. <laughs> you going there too? Yep. Ah, cool. Maybe we'll see you there. <laughs> Three scenes whole... later. Hey, what's up? <laughs> I mean, but that's also kind of what the movie is. <laughs> <laughs> No, they there's good natured ribbing. There's, there's a, a lot of good natured ribbing. Steamboat. Yeah. Speaking of the shots of bourbon, which yeah. we weren't for <laughs> yeah, an hour. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to you got to there you go. Oh god, it was so hot. Yeah, well, it was 90 degrees in this room. <laughs> the mountain the mountains on that course light are not blue. 
at all. Accurate. They're are they white. red? Are they they're, red? They are not the red. The bourbon was actively warm, and that was disconcerting. <laughs> <laughs> if it's hotter than your body temperature. Oh, I didn't like it. I, I think that means that bourbon. it will evaporate. All the alcohol will evaporate off, go into your lungs, and you'll get drunk faster. Sounds right to me. Yeah. Mark, what else does the movie do wrong? Uh, colonialism. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's... That's I mean, big. colonialism, big uh, we could talk about all the era issues it yeah. has, consent issues, and all the problems it well, has. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I feel like this is kind of what we were getting at earlier. Egypt, Egyptology, the fascination of taking shit out of Egypt and putting it in British museums yes, was still that, yes. like okay and heavily endorsed in the late 90s. And people were like, not only just like passively cool with it, they were like, in like they wanted it. Happen. <laughs> Let's find it. <laughs> well, and take it. Brendan Fraser's whole character, which he corrects people multiple times on, he's like, "No, I'm just an asshole. I'm not doing this for any intellectual reason. I just want the treasure." Right. Um. That and that general attitude. I mean, although colonialism was obviously and is obviously around for the last hundreds of years, I mean, that attitude is still kind of earnestly meant in this movie. I feel like, and that is a problem. And it's honestly a step back from Indiana Jones, which is a problem. <laughs> like, at least they tried to temper Indy's thing with, like, no, I'm a professor. I want it for my research. It matters intellectually. And then also, I'm just really good at it, taking all the treasure. Is it because they set this earlier? I mean, if it is, it was only an excuse for them to do it. Because this movie also, this is actually maybe something the movie did right. There's no reason this needs to be set in the 20s, like, as it is. They, when you're watching I thought that it, was... Re- I think that's interesting, though. I, I just think get a lot of that. I think it that's is. also when a lot of the tomb excavations were happening, so that's what they were going for. Oh, for sure, for sure. But I just mean, like, when you're watching this movie, there's nothing to really indicate, apart from the lack of flashlights, that this is a movie set in the 20s. Uh, you got the M1911s that people carry around. You got the biplane. You got the man talking about the Great War. Win- yeah, Winston. Fucking Winston. His, his, the whole thing about him <laughs> is like... I don't know. I'm not willing to put in what it does wrong because it was funny as fuck. But <laughs> <laughs> that whole shit did not need to be there at all. Uh. But yeah, I mean, this movie does open with a row of British soldiers just gunning down a native tribe of peoples who are trying to defend a cultural place. Yep. It also features uh, <laughs> a lot of the problematic Middle Eastern stereotypes of making the the sound that I'm certainly not going to try to emulate. That's it's stereotypically associated with Middle Eastern people attacking people, which is also culturally incorrect because it's traditionally the women that made those sounds in different circumstances. But and also, uh, all the British people are dressed in white, and all of the you know are more dressed in black. Identifiable <laughs> people who are just defending their homeland are dressed in black. <laughs> yeah, so this movie isn't doing great on a lot of those fronts. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, and I mean, the old romantic adventures, the gender roles aren't really how people treat their movies these days most of the time well yeah and also all I mean, of that to be clear the gender roles for the the one woman in this movie I guess, maybe two are are there two there might only be one i mean i'm, I'm talking about the oh the, the mummy priestess <laughs> yeah. yeah no there's one yeah there's yeah. one and her entire arc in this movie is i had a thing to do and i'm gonna ignore it now that i'm in love with brendan fraser and then she brings about the end of the world yep which but she's really smart look and she and saves drops him the book it. of the dead also, I'd be in love with Brandon Fraser. He could come sweep me off my fucking feet. Sure. So it's not really her fault. No. It's, a, it's the human. It's what it's you're going to do. Brandon Fraser's fault, if anything. Fucking ass. He's such a fucking hunk. We didn't talk about that and what it does right. I mean, we did specifically talk about Brandon Fraser and what it does right. We we did. But do not that. him being a hunk. 
Yeah, I feel like that's implied. Okay. As long as it's implied. I got to do a bit of a conversation with my wife on this. Does he have good hair or not? In this movie? He has, yes. like, good yeah. mid-90s hair. No, he His does. haircut is the fucking no, worst haircut. No, no, no. He, he does have good hair because the, to do that, it you would be able to do almost anything you wanted with that hair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But his he, hair is he has, good. He has good hair in the way that Joey in the mid-seasons of Friends had good hair. Okay, wait. Let me rephrase this, though. He has good hair, but is his haircut slash hairstyle good? That, that's what I mean. Yes, if you're looking at it in 1997. No, but at literally ab- like, any other point. Objectively, no. Yeah, my yeah. wife is convinced that it is still a very good haircut. Hold on, hold on. I got. If you on. saw someone with feathered hair of that nature walking down the street in 2019, you'd be like, with like what middle part in the ba- fuck? You have bangs, but that's parted in the middle. Yeah, what the fuck is your normcore <laughs> hipster bullshit about? Shut up. I don't want to contribute to your whale coffee shop. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. All those hipsters that are into whaling, those the Venn diagram there would no, be it's, actually No, it's a coffee impressive. shop that supports whales, Mark. I've created oh, a whole supports backstory. supports whales. I went straight to uh, killing It's a whaling. Now, I would donate to a coffee shop that's about whaling. <laughs> would you? <laughs> Whale would coffee. You? I mean, I'd buy coffee there. Well, okay. Whale roasters, man. Save the whales. (laughs) Whale roasters. (laughs) You'll have a whale of a good time. Oh, save them. Woof. I've I've lost track of even what segment (laughs) we're on. Where's the the wrong segment? The bad one. Oh, look, this is—it's pretty similar to what the movie does right. We could keep talking about a lot of minutia in what it does wrong, but they're all so. Why not talk about nitpicks instead? So why not have Mark blow the whistle to bring us to nitpick station? I know it's for slapstick humor, but the latter scene is so jarring. I love the latter so scene. so stupid on her part. <laughs> like, for being as physically as impossible as it is, it's astonishingly stupid as well. She has, to work, she has to work so hard to have the ladder not rest on the bookshelf upon which it's resting, but to stand up, move laterally at a 90-degree angle to it, then fall backwards, turn back around while it's falling, and hit the original bookcase with enough force because she just hit it that it actually knocks the whole thing over. But this is the type of shit you see in, like, old-school silent humor. It's, it's But the rest of the movie doesn't follow suit. I also, that there was literally, like, the third thing I wrote down and does right, so I'm, <laughs> you're wrong. That seems it's, awesome. It's terrible. I thought it was fine. How about that? <laughs> there you go. It's, it's everywhere. It's it's it does right, does middle, and does wrong. The latter it's scene. Everywhere you want to be. Uh, in the very next scene, she says, "I can read and write fluent I- ancient Egyptian," which is problematic for a few reasons. Egypt was a a pretty vast culture that spanned many languages, both written and verbal, and I existed mean, for ten thousand years. Yeah, spe- like. But but even but she modern, means the ancient one. Even modern historians understand that there's like uh, Coptic, which is an evolution of Demotic and Hieratic ancient Egyptian as a way to speak or, or as a way to write. In addition to the hieroglyphs, so I want the it, listener to know that Jake yawned in the middle of that, and I yeah. don't think it was intentional. <laughs> that was how intri- intrigued I was with what Jack was saying. Do you right, think that could right have anything? Right about when he be- dropped Coptic, there just the, yeah. the yawn started. Well, I mean, fuck nerds, man. <laughs> I don't even care what I was going to say anymore. Okay, fuck you. I don't yeah. either. So, yeah, okay, I'll move on to my next one. Brendan Fraser did not survive a fall of eight feet onto the rope that was hanging him. That's my right? first nitpick. Yeah, absolutely. The whole not. and the whole plot hinges on it because he's their map. 
Yep. Like he was, they weren't going to figure that out. Which is another nitpick I have, but we'll get to that one in a minute. But they weren't. He, even if it didn't break his neck, he did not survive that at full health enough to be swashbuckling. (laughs) At full health. That took at least three hearts off. Yeah. I mean, this movie is a video game. (laughs) The opening is. Yeah. No, he, that was a long drop. That was a long drop hanging. And he hit hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he bounced. There's that, not even any bruising. They don't They don't make those gallows to not break your neck. I don't even th- remember him having like a raspy voice at all. No, there was there was no indication that he had fallen. And now, Jake, we happen to live presently in a state. Mark, you're from this state where <laughs> famously one of our state penitentiary's hangings ended in spectacular failure. Yeah. I mean, not spectacular failure. The man they intended to die did die as a result of it. It was, it was just, just regular failure. Excruciating over the course of a long time because it just hurt him very bad to fall on in the exact way that Brendan Fraser fell when it didn't immediately snap his neck. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That'll bad. happen. Bad. But it, you're not okay. You're There's not jumping off. Yeah. You're not jumping off of boats after that happened. Oh, that you. part. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That. Yes. No. He would not have been okay. <laughs> At all. And. With him being the map. Okay, get, yeah. That's the, map. the goes, map. I'm the map. I'm the map. I'm the map. <laughs> Tied in. He knows about this place because he says that a plane route flew over it and saw it appear. That That's why he went there. So it's common enough that just some unrelated plane route has seen it. It was probably with Winston, But though. not common yeah. enough that he's literally the only person on Earth that knows where it is right now. Well, Benny knew where it was. He was the because person. Because of him. He was the person. Benny knew because of Brendan Fraser. Well, more people knew. He and Benny knew. Yeah. They might have been the only two. And then anyone else that could have been flying any plane at any time ever. Right. <laughs> so that narrows it down quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. it does. But also, it was the only person they knew. This sent me down a rabbit hole of trying to figure out what the plane routes were in the late 1920s. Why? I have a big question. Why? Because I was curious. No, That's weird. No one that was commonly availably sighted was going right over. I also chose Cairo because this. here's another nitpick I have. The pyramids are in Giza, which is near Cairo. They're nowhere near where they claim to be in this fucking movie. They're much where closer was they? To Alexandria? What's that? Were they in Alexandria, or where were they? Uh, I wrote it down. Give me just a second. Hamanatra? <laughs> well, yes, that's... They say they're outside of Thebes. Yeah. And there's no pyramids anywhere the fuck near Thebes. That's Thebes no, I is thought where that... the opening sequence takes place. It's like the, yeah. the big so city. Yeah, so it's where the city of the dead is. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, it's near the okay. city of the dead. Okay. You have okay. to ride out of Thebes in order to get to Hamanoptera. What I'm saying is there is nowhere from where this city of the dead is supposed to be that you could see pyramids. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take the reins here because what did Emotep think he was going to do by when he rode out of Thebes and went to Hamanoptera and executed this ritual? What what was their what was the end game? Resurrector. And then what? Live with her forever, resurrect How? Himself. You nailed it. Then they're both immortal, and they can just go fuck forever. He would be immortal? He was still alive. He'd kill himself afterwards or something. I don't know, man. Fucking magic. So he was going to resurrect her, and then he would kill himself, and then she would resurrect him. Yes. And then she would kill herself, and then he'd resurrect her, and then he'd no, kill himself. No, that's already done. Him. She's resurrected as an immortal. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. I'm kidding. It's an endless I'm cycle. Kidding. It it's like a hot like... potato of immortality. They have to like, yeah, just yeah, toss yeah. it back and forth. That's the only way you can be immortal is by always being also basically in a permanent cycle of being dead. It's really, you know, metaphorical in that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that scene out of Hypercube when the two people just bang until they oh, die. 
my god. <laughs> I I wanted to talk a little bit about a few of the tropes in this movie. I don't really I guess that's a nitpick, but there are a few things here that like really piss me off. Not piss me off, but they're just like what? Can we talk about the key for no. one second that opens these books? So stupid. You can fucking turn the wheel with the the key is it's just a thing that fits into the shape. You it, the shape just turns. Just use a goddamn set of pliers. This lock has a guaranteed maximum of one fucking pin. You can get there no problem. <laughs> yeah. And this guy who's like spent his whole life trying to like figure out how to do it is just staring at this book like it's a goddamn safe up in Canada. They can't open. And while we're at it, you made such a big point that this is ancient Egyptian. There's no fucking books. They'd have been scrolls. They didn't have <laughs> bound books. It would have been like one of those codex things from uh, the Da Vinci Code, <laughs> or something. I don't know, but Papyrus I'm pretty and sure it wouldn't have something. been a bound book. I'm also really tired of people being able to steal gigantic things from people who are sleeping. The guy's arms are wrapped around the book, and she's just like, "Mine now." See and he's that just still sound asleep? It used to bother me. Rings more true, having spent a shitload of nights sleeping next to my wife who could sleep through a tremendous amount of nonsense going on. It has. Fair enough. And then lastly, she's a relatively knowledgeable person. This is always just a thing that happens, I guess, with spell books. But who opens the book and then reads the whole spell? Who does that? Me? I would. I oh, why? Fuck. Why would you? Why yeah, not? You're gonna goddamn die. You're gonna get you're gonna get zombie redneck family. Or I'm gonna get end up burn. with Brendan Fraser like she does. Uh, Maybe it was a spell of love. Is that your end game now? She Hold probably on. would have ended up with Brendan Fraser, uh, Fraser either way. So seems like a good plan to me. So but, anytime Jack has the opportunity to read any sort of incantation in full, he's going to do so on the hopes that it will land him in Brendan Fraser's wholesome strong bosom. arms. Okay, wholesome bosom. <laughs> wholesome bosom. Jesus, Jack. Yep. Accurate. <laughs> I how mean, do camels beat the horses. I don't know. Happen? I have no concept of how fast camels Me either. Are. They I don't look think less fast as horses. What's they that horse movie fast. about? The race, the horse racer with with V. Joe Morgan's Stegan. Oh yeah, that's in Africa. I'm pretty sure they would be racing camels if it was a faster means of racing. Yeah, I mean, camels don't look faster than horses. They're I'll not. That. They're not. They're not. And the horses are nowhere are to be found. about equivalently fast. They're just easier. They're just better pack animals. I refuse to believe that, actually. I would, I would no actually bet way. money that a horse is faster yes, than a camel. I would bet money. Or a movie, as the case may be. Okay, so our mission, should we choose to accept it? You and Jake are betting here. Next like, year. Fuck you. You're not fucking me like that again. <laughs> Look, I'll join year, with you. But next we need year at the arbitrator. Kentucky Derby. We're going to try and sneak a camel onto the track. You're going to try to sneak a camel on the track. We're convinced horses are faster. <laughs> well, this will prove it. <laughs> Maybe it's just a really astute camel. It doesn't prove shit. And regardless, the fact that one camel is okay, faster so than seven horses doesn't can, mean anything. Can we say this, though? It's seven times faster than a horse. This is getting no. Oh, fuck. <laughs> this is getting nowhere. <laughs> I, got ja I got Jack to do a spit take. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that made it that happen. I liked that quick made math. Made it happen, Captain. I liked the quick math he did there. It was good. <laughs> it was really good. Uh, I think at best we're saying they're similarly equipped, right? I, I yes. Again, I think we've concluded that horses are faster. Horses are faster. But we have not concluded just, anything because we've provided okay, well, zero Okay, well, follow evidence. me for a second. Follow <laughs> well, we me for a second. Follow me for a second. Follow me for a second. They are in a dead sprint towards Hominoptera, right? The only 
damage that happens is that Brendan Fraser throws Benny from his horse. All of the other Americans are on horses, and I bet they know how to ride them. How do they not at least get close to winning? Well, they're also... After they make the bet, they should be getting it during yeah, the why full. Why no one start? They know the general area that they're heading toward. I don't they know, know why these all of them exact are area during year. during the full chasing when he throws Benny from the camel or from the horse. When he throws Mama from the train, Benny is on a camel. Notably, they're, he's also camel. They're about a quarter second behind them, right? Or, or I mean, they're they right the fuck there. And then it's like all of a sudden, I turned on the fucking NOS on my camel and got there two and <laughs> oh a half God. minutes sooner. Yeah, and the funny part is that the, the it's a weird scene, too, because the camel makes this <laughs> noise and then goes That's for the it. NOS. <laughs> yeah, I think it did. Yeah, I I, we really NOS. need to recut just the one the one shot of Paul Walker hitting the NOS button just into the middle <laughs> exactly, of that scene. Exactly, yeah. Um, hey, the uh, woman... Whoa, man. <laughs> I did lose track of my place. Jesus Give Christ. Me a <laughs> Good Lord. She says it happens more often than you'd think when the thing she says doesn't look like a normal mummy pops out and howls at them. It's a great jump scare. Like early on, she's like, oh, it happens more often than you think. How often do mummies pop out and scream at is you that don't when, look like mummies? Is this what? Emo, is this Emotep's mummy? This, no, this is like early on in the movie, before they get anywhere near that. Oh, I don't remember that. It's one of the ones in the museum. I don't remember that. In the library. It's I terrible. think it is Emotep's mummy. Maybe. I don't fucking know. Yeah, you're thinking of the scene where Emotep's mummy like falls out, and he's not reanimated yet because he hasn't read the spell. So he like kind of falls out, and it's like a, the it's like the jump scare of the movie. He doesn't also fall out. He He's already at rest. He pops out he like a jack-in-the-box. Yeah, he's it's, like, it's he's a like spring-loaded mummy. Yeah. Is a mummy a meat? Yes, is we've already covered this. A mummy okay. is meat. We okay. So I have a neat pick with that scene, though. You know what uncovers the mummy? The sarcophagus golf swing. <laughs> That's not Fair. a neat pick. That, that is, is a, a neat casual pick. observation. Fan theory. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll, I'll give you fan theory. theory. I'll give yeah. you fan theory. Fan theory. When Brendan Fraser is threatening that man, he like lifts him straight off the ground up towards a standard house fan, and the yeah, guy's and looking at it like I'm the, gonna die. And the Foley art, Benny A. And the Foley art is like shing shing shing, like it, beco- it becomes like blades. Yeah, it makes the sound. You're of like blades. if you hit his head, he's gonna be like ow, and then it's yeah, gonna stop. It's gonna stop immediately. <laughs> yeah. It's ow. like a palm frond. Ow, <laughs> oh, ow, ow, ow. Well, it's not even gonna keep going. Ow. It's gonna be unable to keep going. Yeah. It's gonna hurt him once. Yeah, and then yeah. it's gonna be like, just kind of pushing against his head a little bit. Yeah, exactly. He might be like a particularly breakable human. And then it might start smoking, and then he'll pass out. Yeah, smoking kills. Smoking kills. I have an important nitpick about quicksand. This is a three-part nitpick about the quicksand in this movie. Okay, I want to layer a bed of music here. <laughs> I don't know. We, we might need, need to. something. Uh. They crash a biplane into what they say is quicksand. Also, biplane nitpick. Biplane neat pick. I'll grant you that. They crash into quicksand. Yes. Point the first. That isn't quicksand. Correct. Yes. Right? <laughs> there's uh, no quicksand in the Sahara. That's point number point two. B. There's no quicksand anywhere. Quicksand is not a real thing that exists in nature. Well, no. I mean, it is a real thing that exists in nature, just not how we're 
conceptualize it. Not, not it. the it's, way it's we romanticize that, it, it's, it. It's soil that exists around marshlands that you walk on, and then the vibration of your like stepping on it liquefies it, and you sink. Uh, yes, and you sink a little bit, and yeah, you sink which up to is like next one. We romanticize Even if quicksand, quicksand were real in the way it is in this movie. Absolutely, and, and even if it did exist in the Sahara fucking desert, it didn't exist here where there's not a drop of on moisture the top of a dune for acres. On the top on of a the dune. On the top of a fucking dune. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, in fairness, this would have been a, a good avenue for the Mummy 4 when they bring Brennan Fraser back. Uh, if there is a mechanism for this sinkhole to occur, that means that there is a cavern underneath it. And a lot of moisture flowing through it. Uh, I mean, at one point, yes, because that's how the cavern would have formed. But otherwise, it would just be some type of compression. It's a tomb. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So the sandstone eroded enough. The plane hit it, cracked the ceiling. Ceiling collapses. That's what creates the the quicksand. Point the next. Even if quicksand were real and it existed like this in the Sahara Desert, it's localized to the two feet around immediately where the plane crashes. And they because just walk away. Because, fan theory, the plane cracked the top of a tomb. I already <laughs> said that. <laughs> then they should be going towards it. They're not, they either need to be less concerned or more concerned about the quicksand. They're the exact amount of wrongly concerned with the quicksand. <laughs> well, I mean, he's not a, he's not a geologist, you know. He's, he's not, not like, a... oh, the only way this happens is if this happens. <laughs> I think I outsmarted him here. He should think about any of it, though. Because I they're think, not. I think we need the Mummy for the search for with Winston. That's what we need. I would pay any amount of money to watch Brendan Fraser punch Tom Cruise. I, I mean, would yes. Too. What about Justin Bieber punching? Yeah, Tom you guys I, see him. I'm so aggressively he, he, uninterested. He wants to MMA it's him. So fucking stupid. He wants to MMA him. <laughs> uh, I would watch that. I would pay money to watch that. <laughs> I would pay to watch you MMA Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, yes. That's uh, what I want to see more. Towards the beginning of the movie, when Fraser is pinned down in like the first shootout scene, when the like face appears, yes. they do a lot of work. the The film crew does a lot of work to show like multiple people falling off their horses and then trying to scramble away. When Brendan Fraser opens his eyes, there's fucking no one there. Like the no sand's not even disturbed anywhere around. <laughs> he had he like he had a long blink, and then I don't I just don't know why they include the whole like slapsticky people falling off their horse thing. Like, we just have one guy as he opens his eyes running away. That's easy. Easy fix. <laughs> sure. Uh, the ancient Egyptians did not remove the heart of people they mummified, and they talk about removing the heart four different times in this movie. Is that a myth? I thought that was, like, the last thing that they removed and put in the heart jar. Uh, as far as I'm aware, it's pretty definitively accepted by historians that they did not remove the heart. I feel like you keep saying definitively accepted by historians, and <laughs> I've, I, I'm not sure I trust you on this one. We I need mean, a historian it, on this podcast. I think they removed the heart. Please do prove the heart me wrong. Through the nose. Prove me wrong, kids. But it's it's why there's four organ jars and not five. What are and the what's it for? Three? The brain, the spleen, the gallbladder, and, and toes. The uterus, but I, like even when we were kids, I remember being a thing in junior high that people were wrong about the number of organ jars the ancient Egyptians had because they didn't remove the heart. Was that a thing that you were quizzed on? How many organ jars were there? For I remember it coming in up. Egypt. I remember it coming up. So we're not going to get anywhere in this conversation, but I am going to look it up after we're done and weigh in. 
please do. You but should. I believe you should weigh in. You should weigh in very with a lot of specificity. The prevailing theory is that they did not remove the heart. I have more. The prevailing nitpicks. theory is that you suck. Yeah, it is. I, mean, I have more nitpicks. That's not a theory. That's been confirmed <laughs> several okay. times over. How did he make? Okay, so this is kind of a two-part nitpick. How did he make any markings in that sarcophagus, considering what it was made out of and the types of things that you would have to do? And secondarily, how did he do it while he was being eaten alive by scarabs? He's well, he was a... being eaten alive, but he was also immortal. Not at that point in time. They're super. I, I just figured supernatural shit. I don't know. Supernatural shit. This I movie that was like the whole curse. I thought they made him immortal, and then he was going to be feasted on by bugs for his whole life. So is that why they say he was being eaten very slowly? Because they kind of break their own rules of the scarabs. There's a line about how it's like, oh, he's slowly, slowly eaten alive, and it was like very slowly. And then like when you see the scarabs, they're the fastest acting. Yeah, they run over ever. somebody, and he's immediately mummified. But he, yeah, he he's slow because he's immortal. They're eating him for eternity, slowly. Because you can't get enough meat off this guy because he's meat. He's a it's mummy. A real, he it's meat. a real like Prometheus type of situation, you know. Yeah. The guy just regrows his liver every day. Is that what Prometheus did? Yeah, yeah. He was chained. Uh, the hawk chained, would pick out his rock. eyes. Yeah, yeah. No, it picked out his liver. Well, one thing would pick out his eyes, and another thing would eat his liver every day. Maybe the hawk did both. Oh, Hannibal Lecter would eat his liver. Ah, uh, gotcha. And then every yeah. night it would regrow with fava beans. <laughs> yeah, with yeah the fava beans. I don't, in the I don't think nearby. they had. I don't think they had canty there. Uh, okay, well, I don't know. I want to talk about a they scene that I found particularly clumsily constructed, which is the sequence on the boat. Great. Uh, the sequence on the boat is unabashedly Great. awesome, but I just want to take you through a series of events that happens. So, Brendan Fraser takes out his like gun roll tote thing, yeah. unrolls it on the table to show off all of his guns, gets the one revolver out, puts it in his holster, talks some throws Benny overboard, puts the gun back away, rolls the guns back up, sees the footprints, rolls the guns back out, gets two guns out, and then goes to the room. Yes. Accurate. <laughs> you have to keep unrolling and rolling. That was probably a really expensive prop, so they wanted to get their money's worth. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, why... Well, just have him keep the gun out, and then see... Why do you have the extra scene of him putting the gun away, and then he sees the footprints, and then gets the guns back out? I mean, this movie is replete with people using one hand to somehow load and cock a bolt-action rifle. It doesn't make a lot of sense in any of the continuity Nor does aspects. it need to. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. This is a question for all of the accepted historians in the room. Um why did the original resurrection not require a human sacrifice, but the second resurrection did require a human sacrifice? More time, buddy. Needs more energy. It, the first one was fresh. Jesus okay. Christ. That, that's, that's all it is? That's what historians accept. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, good point. Generally accepted theory among historians in the room. Yeah. Yeah. As long as we're clear about what we're talking about. Okay. Right. My last nitpick. So the first thing, the first organ that the mummy steals, or I guess maybe second, depending on... What order it happens in? Oh, or this is mine too. Are yep. the guy's eyes the guy yep. who literally can't see without his glasses? Why does he steal the blind man's eyes? And I... why doesn't the mummy need glasses? Yes, this is a thing on the IMDb goofs page in the incorrectly identified as a goof. Apparently, I mean, it required the director saying in an interview after the fact or in the director's commentary or something a saying. Goof? The the mummy doesn't actually take the literal organs of the person. He just needs the energy from them. 
the life force. Just regenerate. I mean, that tracks with what happens later when he just sucks people dry and then grows skin Well, but they, they, they filmed that wrong then. That's the yes. director oh, covering absolutely. his tracks. Yeah. They made it very he weird. he didn't finish the job, yet he had eyes, yeah. and the other guy no, didn't. No, they made it very weird. Yeah. Fuckers. That's he. That's him fucking up and then not knowing what to say. Is what I still think happened. the mummy should have worn glasses. He totally should have worn glasses. Awesome. That would have been awesome. He'd have been like, what are these contraptions? That's all I have. Did they have glasses? I don't think they did. I immediately was like, did the Egyptians invent glasses <laughs> no, too? No, maybe. The Egyptians did not invent glasses. That's what they I might thought. Have. It was like way later, dude. It was like way later. You don't it was know. way later. It did come from yeah. the Middle East, but it was significantly later. Yeah. You never like, know when they're going to find least... an anti-Kithra mechanism of glasses. Mm, I have one more nitpick. What? Why don't these guys just like constantly hold cats and also maybe get cat costumes to wear? Everyone should just have glass. Like, a to Z horror is a definitively pro cat podcast because we this. are definitively anti mummy podcast. I shouldn't. Have well, done this. Mark also said everybody should just get glasses. Is how he started that <laughs> sentence <laughs> and then corrected it to where well, he's also wearing glasses cat. right now. Actually, well, I'm the only so one not I. wearing glasses. Yeah. So. Fuck y'all. Oh y'all. If y'all don't like me, blow me. <laughs> <laughs> now you've made Jake do a spit take. He's literally spitting beer back into his bottle. <laughs> Does that really work? I don't know, but it's gotta be time to get to ratings. We over at ADC Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how you'd rate D's knowledge of where Wallace is. Where the fuck is Wallace? Huh? String. String. Look at me. Look at me! Where the fuck is Wallace? Huh? And for 10, Think of us swearing, Jin, would rate how much Silas needs a haircut. Silas, lift your lid. Yeah, get a fucking haircut. Look like your mother fucked a monkey. Story's the first category to rate these movies. Jake, yeah. your pick, your story. Um, All these are hard categories for this movie somehow. I gave story a five and a half. Okay. I kind of copped out, to be honest with you. I... This, look, this is a mummy story. It brought in the swashbuckling aspect that we mentioned. That had benefits. It also, there were some detriments to the overall story based on that when you mix it in with a millennia's old mummy sort of tale. Yes. A bit convoluted, but overall not bad. I thought they did an admirable job of trying to make it different. I can't go super low, but I also cannot go high. So I'll just Andy Dalton and call it a fucking day. Yeah, look, I can go lower than you, but not super low. I gave it a four. Okay. Uh, It's a stupid story. Uh, Emphasized by stupid writing. It's a... a, Attemptedly stupid. It's a fine story. Like, there's... The story is just... It's fine. I gave it a four. Yeah. Wow. It, it, the story is, there's a mummy. Go find it. And then they emphasize that with stupid writing. So it's a four. It's it's <laughs> definitely below average. Like, they don't do anything to add to the mummy mythos or the Indiana Jones mythos. They just do a worse they job They don't have of both. to, but they combine the two. Yeah, they do a worse job of both. The only they innovation they bring... Both. The, the only innovation they bring is to combine the two. That's an which innovation. Which is why it's not lower than it is. It's a oh, four. Jesus. Mark... I really have nothing to add to this conversation. I'm in Jake's boat. I gave it a five and a half. I think the story is average. World building and immersion in a second category, Jake. I'm very interested to see if you're going to be mad at me. I don't think I am. I gave it a seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mm-hmm. don't have much else to say. Like, this is an entertaining movie to I'm watch. I'm kind of mad at you. Are you really? Because you gave it a ten. Yeah, There, exactly. there, There is plenty that will bring you out. Like, look, I, by and large, I liked a lot of the stupid jokes that were made in this movie, but they don't not 
take you out. And there's plenty going they don't on. Don't not take you out, so they do take you out. Yes, correct. I don't know why I had to do the double negative. Okay, <laughs> it's I have to. I yeah. just have to. Uh, and look, I mean, this is a movie that, from an immersion standpoint, is just going to be hard to follow because of the way they wrote it. They never set out to like make it something that you were going to be totally enveloped in. But at the same time, the world building is interesting inherently because they actually chose to place it somewhere that is. In condu- it's conducive to like helping with the world that they're choosing to play in and so filmed there. You're a sand. It's a sandbox. Yeah, it's yeah. great. I gave it a five, mm-hmm. and I definitely understand where you're coming from. Giving it a seven, I was just a lot less enthralled with the the goofy shit that's going on with the slapstick humor, with with all that kind of cheesy nature of it. I thought the movie suffered from the real tonal inconsistencies that that I think are troubling for me more so than they were for you definitely. i definitely can see getting that high but then i was brought back by a really serious scene or then when i got into the really serious scary mode brought back by a really really cheesy scene so is there I, any time where you're in a very serious scary mode yes absolutely i mean the first time the scarabs envelop the dude they they use and accept the gravitas of having a person just actually have died in front of them and portray okay. it for at least another 10 minutes before they do something doofy and dumb to just, like, <laughs> whiplash me back into the movie I'm actually watching. So uh, it's, it's the inconsistencies that are bringing it down, but it's a 5. I get where you came from with a 7, though. Mark? I did not give it a 10. I gave it a 6.5. Um, <laughs> I think this <laughs> I only I said I was only kind of upset with your rating. You should have oh. been a half point lower. Uh. Um. Uh, yeah, this is a generally immersive movie. This is an entertaining movie. It's easy to watch, uh, and I think that's why it's kind of stood the test of time as much as it has. Even though the fact, even though it's like mostly CG that may or may not still look good. So, I mean, if you're watching this, you're probably watching it because of the immersion and world building, right? The only thing that really took me out here was the sound mixing, which we didn't really talk about at all. But, I mean, particularly the dialogue in a lot of cases is very heavily... This is one of those classic movies where it's impossible to hear what they're saying, and then there's an explosion, and it's the loudest thing you've ever heard. Yeah, and also you can tell that the lines were recorded later on a soundstage. Yes, that too. I guess that's probably not sound mixing, that's sound editing, but whatever, now I'm splitting hairs. Mm. Which you can take us into Scare Factor, Jake. Two. A gooey mummy chasing you is a gooey mummy chasing you, but they this is more comedy and action than it is horror. They set out to do that. Yeah, I'm surprised you went as low as you did. I gave it a three. Oh, God, uh, how dare you? Look, I, I think that this movie does have scary sequences and does have a scary premise, uh-huh. and the mummy but actually Brendan looks Fraser's scary when he's always first there. there, and it's his comfort level. And the the scarabs under the skin are actually scary. But then it yeah, actively, no, that's true. It that's actively true. wants to take you out of the scary stuff, so it's a yeah. three for me. It's no, not the, you actually, the scarabs thing, I don't know how that was eluding me. Um, that makes sense. I'll still give it a two. Yeah, but, no, yeah, but, but it doesn't. It puts the yeah. effort in. It then just puts effort into doing the opposite. Mark? I gave it a two and a half. The only other thing we haven't talked about is the kind of booby traps of Benny almost getting crushed under rock a bunch of times. That shit's scary. <laughs> and Being then crushed he... to death sucks, man. And also drowning in sand sucks, man. So those yeah. other things as well. Yeah, but Benny, I don't know. It's funny because he almost gets crushed like eighty times, and then he dies with his torch going out among scarabs in a tomb that he's never going to get Doesn't out. Doesn't even necessarily die there. He, well, you know. you're right. He'll he'll come back in he'll the Mummy Four: The Search for Winston. <laughs> he'll come back. Don't worry about it. And that's gonna take us into effects or judicious lack thereof, Jake. 
I feel weird giving this an above average rating, but I'm giving this an above average rating. I'm giving it a six. Uh, Mark said an interesting thing earlier where he's like, hey, this is a movie that you're watching for immersion and world building. And I think that's a good point because obviously you're not watching it to revel in how great the effects are these days. A lot of them look like garbage. The CG did not hold up particularly well in a lot of instances. Some of it, surprisingly okay, but it's not on balance a good effects movie from that perspective. But you have a lot of sets that are tremendous. They poured a lot of money into that. They poured a lot of money into the costume. They made a real sexy lady. They had, yes, they did. They didn't make that. They didn't really use a lot. Uh, But yeah, I mean, this is a movie that overall held up better than I was expecting, and that surprised me a bit. Uh, And therefore, I think that that's that's worthy of mentioning. So it's keeping it above average for me for sure. Fair enough. And for the record, I regret having said they made a real sexy lady. That's uh, that's they made. You said they made. I did, and that's a regrettable way to put that. Yeah, whatever. Uh, when it relates to the costuming. In any case, uh, I gave it a six as well. Um, this is a movie where the shit that looks good looks as good as anything coming out these days. And that's a combination of the... Especially staggering. That's for, hyperbole, like, but I know what you mean. I know. I think it really does. The stuff that looks great looks really fucking good. It doesn't good. look as good. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't look good. Um, but no. it's a six. I do think it's above average. I see why you went there. Mark. Number of the Beast, I also gave it a six. Uh, the only thing we haven't mentioned is props. I feel like they did a good job in the props department. But there's a lot of like mise en scène in this movie that they nail, even if the CG Treasure. is all over the place. Treasure. Are you just saying Frasier? Treasure. Oh, okay. You're doing a He's trying to get you on a Frasier rant. Uh, frankly, it's going to work. I just thought he was trying to say Brendan Frasier, but if you want me to talk about Frasier, I'll talk about Frasier. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, okay. Talk about how fucking, in one episode, John Mahoney goes on and on about a woman he fell in Why'd love with in Vietnam this? and almost took away from her tribe, Why? he calls it, which Why? is regrettable. Why? Why? You uh, you brought this on yourself, Jake. I didn't. I said treasure. Yeah. You should know anything remotely close to Frasier is going to elicit a reaction. I've been mentioning Brendan Frasier this whole podcast. I was podcast. just thinking of Brendan Frasier. You're the one who made me think about Frasier, Frasier. Well, I, about the I've one been traumatized true enough by mentioning things that sound remotely like Frasier that I assume if you say Treasure, it's going to go that way. So this is your fault. It's his fault. It's so, all of our faults. No, it's actually not. You'll find. No, it's just mine. Everyone's but mine. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll accept that. Good. Bet. O- overall, Jake. I'm tilting this one way up. I gave it a seven. This movie is a great example of a reimagining. It's why I chose it. It came out at the right time for what it delivered. That's for damn sure. But And when you were 10. And when I was 10. I mean, it's both like it hit me at the right time and it stood the test of time. And I think that it came out at the right time for what it was trying to deliver in general. Like, it did the indie thing. It did the Egyptology thing. Like, all of that, when you combine it, it's, it's, great. it's great. It's a great way to bring the mummy back into a more action-oriented existence. And I think that that's noteworthy and i think that if you were to watch this movie along with pick it any other classic mummy movie that'd be a very entertaining departure from the origins of what this is into today the mummy 2 return of the scorpion king yeah not that one oh well wait scorpion king was two was there wasn't a third was there oh yeah the third was the one with jet lee they take the shit to dragon army that was three i thought they were mm. Yeah, and then what four is the one where they go back. There was a China one. Jet Li was alive in 2006 or whenever that came out. <laughs> what? Yes. Jet what? He's still alive. Dude. What are you talking about? Are you talking about Jet Jackson? Yeah. 
Oh my god. Lee Thompson Young, rip. Pour also, one out. yes. Oh my god. Jet Li is the Dragon Emperor in The Mummy 3, Return of the Dragon Emperor. They raise the terracotta army. It's a bad movie. Don't watch it. I haven't yeah, seen it. terrible. I give it a 7-2. I give this movie a 7-2. Uh, I would uh, say you don't have to go with classic mummy movies, though. You could add any of the Tom Cruise ones, uh, the Tom Cruise one and the sequel they're making onto that, too. And, they uh, are not making a sequel to the Tom Cruise mummy. They have not disclosed the possibility no, of no, releasing no, no, the sequel I think they started my, shooting for. I think you're missing my point, though. I'm saying take. I'm saying do this. I'm saying take a classic mummy movie and then take this, and you're going to see two movies. I like a lot of the classic mummy movies. You're going to get two very different examples from different time periods, and both of them are good in their own ways. I will they watch. They are boring. I will watch two of the classic mummy movies, and I, I only like them because of the nostalgia I have for them. That's fair. Yeah, but you're gonna get very different things, and I think that there are. It's noteworthy. Yeah. I don't know. Look, I gave it don't a seven. Take I don't ever fucking score. Don't you. ever take the Tom Cruise one. You're you're being an idiot right now. I don't take like the Chris. I, that's one. the point I was making. You stupid fuck. <laughs> I gave it a seven. Mark, <laughs> I gave it a five and a half. Uh, I'm gonna be the hero this podcast deserves. Because no, I'm you're wrong. It, I'm tilting it down a little. Mark I gave a nineties object- movie the lowest score. Yeah, he's I an objectively idiot. like this movie, but. Mark, as what did you give to Congo? What did you give to Congo overall? Please he hold. Needs, he needs to know. It was higher, dude. You realize this? No, it was lower. Four and a half. Mm. What'd you give to one missed call? Oh, gee. Yeah. Oh, my God. Four and a half. I mean, I agree. This is the best movie of all of those. But it's, be- <laughs> it's better than that, though. I'm giving this. It is better than that, but I'm giving this a five and a half because no, this is kind of only tenuously a horror movie. We all gave this the average score of horror scores we got here is two and a half. Yeah. So yeah. as far as willingness to recommend this as a horror movie vis-a-vis our horror website that we are talking about right now, it's probably only average. I am a staunch defender of horror movies don't always have to be scary. Shaun of the I, Dead. I think man. that's fair. But I'm making a point here that like even so, this is not tonally a horror movie. I mostly. agree. Most of the time. It's got tonal problems. You can, yeah, you can have not scary horror movies that are still tonally horror. Yes. In any case, otherwise you're saying this thing doesn't feel like a, a horror movie. It doesn't act a like thing. a horror movie. It doesn't I think smell it does. Like a duck. I think it does. The idea of it is still a mummy movie. Very little, though. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I disagree with that. National but. Treasure is only a little bit less a horror movie than this one. No, would that's you say? Wrong. Well, hold on. Would you say that Under Wraps is a horror movie? No. There you go. That's a mummy movie. It is a mummy movie. It doesn't movie. just have to... Okay, you're... No, I don't like Not this. Not at the museum? You're splitting hairs. <laughs> Not at the museum isn't a mummy movie. You're an idiot. <laughs> He's just picking any movie with someone wearing Band-Aids. <laughs> Do you think the mummies wear Band-Aids? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm going to skip this next segment. We all recommend it. Give it a thumbs, thumbs up. up. Go watch it. Jake, get us the fuck out of here, please. Fuck, Mark. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're a bullshit human, dude. This has been episode 139 of the A to Z Horror. It's really taking a turn. <laughs> Check out everything we have going on. Head over to a to z horror.com or come hang out with us on either of our social media channels. That is Facebook. That is Twitter. Those links are right down there in the description below. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, pick up that phone that I'm sure your listeners on. Give the podcast a like, rating, review, send it over to somebody you know who might like horror. Believe it or not, that helps a whole heck of a lot. And, hey, we're going to keep mentioning it. We are on Patreon now if you want to support the podcast. Thank you so much. That link's down there, too. If you don't, that's cool, too. We're going to keep doing the same thing we're doing, and we're going to produce them for you to enjoy. 
Super Bear has been bringing you the music, as always. Their link's right down there in the description as well. And next week, we're entering the 140s of the A to Z Horrorcast with a Mark pick. It's a little bit out of character. It's it's the Amityville Horror, the original. I picked a 90s movie, and he picked that. That's uh, bizarre. We've we're gonna, straight flippy floppy. We've straight flippy floppy, and we're going to be bringing that to you next week. Until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great weekend, everybody. Brain, the spleen, the gallbladder, and the uterus.